Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Camp People Episode 2. Man, uh, we know that our camp friends have had big impacts on us. We know that camp friendships are unlike any other friendship. But these men that I am about to introduce are a pretty special example of that. I'd like to first introduce one of my very best friends in the whole world, uh, Chris J. We met in college, if you can believe the math, 28 years ago this fall. Uh, Chris is currently a teacher of graphic design, photography, and narrative arts at an all-girls high school in San Jose, California. He's been doing that for about nine years now. He spends most of his free time with his wife and his four-year-old son exploring. Chris J. loves art, collecting physical media, and constantly asking what if. He spent two years as a kid as a camper and 15 years as a camp counselor. Also joining us is Bill Kerrigan. Bill is a digital imaging instructor and technology help desk supervisor. He's been teaching for 19 years. He's a game day producer for Pacific University Athletics. Bill was a camp counselor for eight years. And finally, K-Love himself, Kevin Cromie. Kevin is a community facilities coordinator for the city of Richmond in British Columbia. He's been in community recreation for about 15 years, including licensed childcare. He's a loving husband and father of two boys, and he was a camp counselor for six years. Welcome to camp, people, fellas. I would like to welcome some of my uh, some of my favorite camp people. I lived in a small, strange cabin with these men for multiple summers, Um, and (laughs) I'm pleased to have this podcast to bring us back together. So let's just roll with the first question, fellas. How did you become a camp person? Have you go? Okay, so um, for me, it was meeting somebody who had already worked at a summer camp. I had never worked at a camp. I had attended summer day camps in in town. Um, uh, Grew up in Richmond, British Columbia, Canada. And uh, yeah, attended summer day camps and then um, met somebody who had already worked at a summer camp, the the same one that we all shared, Trip Lake Camp out in Maine. Um, And... uh, yeah, they were going to go back and work at the the camp this one summer and said, hey, you want to come with me? And I'm kind of thinking to myself, well, I got nothing better to do. So why not? Why not? So I went and gave it a shot. And um, uh, I remember going through the onboarding process, lengthy kind of uh, formal slash informal interview. And, um, you know, it, it sounded like a good fit. I was really excited. Um Previous to that, I'd been working at a, a newspaper chain in British Columbia. So I'd done a lot of reporting work. And so when I talked to the camp uh, uh, admin, um, kind of said, well, yeah, I've been working in the newspaper industry for a couple of years. So I said, well, great. Well, you can come out and run our camp newsletter, our weekly newspaper. So I said, yeah, it's a great fit. It should be fun. So I gave it a shot. And um, immediately I just, uh, you know, fell in love with... Uh, the idea of working with children um, met a lot of really incredible people. Uh, 
you know, a few of who are in this chat today. And um, yeah, I just fell in love with the whole idea of it. And uh, it brought me back year after year for, I think I did six years at this same camp. And, you know, every year I just couldn't wait to get back and uh, I guess spend more time uh, working with kids, getting to know them, getting to know myself. Um, I think it's something that changed my life working at, at the camp. Um, I now work in community recreation uh, back in town here. And uh, yeah. Uh, How about you, Bill? Hey, Eric, who's this ringer you brought in? <laughs> I mean, if I got to be this thoughtful, you know, we're, we're going to retalk my, uh, my, my fees here. Um, you always got to have the comic relief, Bill. No, it, it, Kevin's uh, Kevin's story is not far off from mine. Uh, back in 2001, uh, a childhood friend of mine, uh, Luke Benton, that you guys all know, uh, he came and we were at a, a bachelor party and we're sitting down uh, catching up because like we'd all far flung to the corners of the, the globe and he goes, I got a place you got to go. And he goes, yeah, he goes, I've been working at the summer camp and it's been great. I went through, uh, put in an application, talked to Nancy McCann. Had a pretty good idea. I got the 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 job when the interview was just talking about Luke the whole time. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, okay, this, this might work out. And then, uh, you know, showed up early to work. Uh, I think Kevin was maybe the second person I met in Maine. Mm. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it's been, been, uh, you know, eight years of that. And like, you know, two decades of friendship with the, with this group. So, yeah. Chris. Very cool. Um, yeah. So I would say I had two years as a kid, uh, experiencing sleepover camp. This was in California. Uh, grew up in San Jose, California. There was a summer camp called Echo Mountain Ranch. So it wasn't on a lake. It was in good the mountains of Santa Cruz. Oh, it was a good name. Strong name. I liked it. I had a, the t-shirt and everything. Uh, I don't think they're around anymore. Uh, but uh, I remember being very young. I went with my older sister. My, you know, my parents were like, it was a six-week sleepover camp. Uh, co-ed, obviously. Uh, and as an introverted young kid, it was really a me stepping out of my comfort zone and a I enjoyed it so much that the next year, my sister didn't want to go back. And I'm like, no, I want to go back. Um, if you were to ask me what I remember about that camp, I don't remember much except for these little things. One, I remember there was like a counselor named Newt that was always in a leg cast for some reason. <laughs> like it was really strange. I just remember thinking like, oh, you can do this job in a leg cast. Uh, I remember seeing that kid get a fish hook in the face because <laughs> they were oh. fish near the river. So that for, yeah and i would never go down to watch again i was like well that's that's good enough for me i'm never gonna i'm never gonna watch that again yeah that'll and do then, it. and <laughs> then i remember uh this girl uh susie that was much much older than me i forgot the age range of the camp but i had like this tremendous crush on her as a little kid but she was like it was like the thing where like i'm in like second grade but she's like in like sixth grade you know it was this like you know but i just remember having a huge crush on her uh but so, you know, I had some experience with camp. I remember it being like a good one. Like it wasn't anything uh, terrible. I liked it. Um, and then 
fast forward to graduating undergrad and Eric, that's when you went to AAA camp. And I spent the summer with my mom in Europe visiting family. And uh, you had come back. And I think you and uh, Nate went to summer camp, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and uh, I, I just remember you, you, I got some like, I remember in the middle of summer, I got some obscure email from you about you like raining on a hike and carrying kids. And like, it was just like this like tremendous, like, like learning and like uh core memory that just imprinted on do you remember writing that email to me i don't remember yeah. writing it i remember the story that you're telling but i would pay a lot of money to read that email 25 years later <laughs> i would too if i still had that email address yeah. uh but um anyway like when i got back i remember you would tell me about the summer camp you started selling it to me like hey you should really work at the summer camp and the thing that you know, and I was like, yeah, you know, I know summer camps. I've, I've been to one. But uh, the thing that really sold me on it was how you talked about it. Like you talked about it like it was the, the most important thing in your life. The excitement in your voice. You became so animated. I mean, you were talking with your hands. You were, I mean, you were just, I could tell there was this like impassioned fever about you, uh, fervor about you when you were talking about this camp. And I was like, okay, that sells me. Like he really mm -hmm. loves this. But I know Eric and like, there's very few things I've ever seen Eric get this impassioned about. And I'm like, I got to experience this camp. And so I said, yes, I interviewed. And then I remember succinctly like being picked up. And I think, I think my flight got in at like 10 PM. I think you picked me up and Nate picked me up and you, we drove camp. It's dark. It's like nighttime. I don't even know where I am. Right. And I'm just like, okay, uh, we get to camp. We just go right to Woods Four. You're like you're, you're going to sleep in this bed, which is like the bed I pretty much slept in before all the times all all of us were in. And I remember guys, there was like people in there I didn't know that were sleeping in beds. It was like okay, you know, I'm like whispering, and so I just go to bed and like I'm like I don't know where I'm at. I have no orientation of where <laughs> where things are. I just went to bed and I woke up, and then we went to breakfast, and then I kind of saw the camp in the daytime. It was like kind of like this like literal like this metaphorical birth in the camp like coming out of the darkness into the light and and uh, uh then just being uh inundated because i was one of the last people to show up so like everyone was there uh and i just remember i'm like all right i remember thinking to myself i succinctly remember thinking this is day one and hopefully a lot a, a lot more days here you know it just like i had a lot of optimism uh glowing optimism going into it so and this was before i met kevin bill this was the year before in 2000 yeah that's funny. I've never compared our our um, first night at camp stories before, but I had a really mm -hmm. similar experience because I drove in with Nathan that first summer. Shout out to roommate Nathan Cox, who was a staff member before I started, who led me to camp and then by proxy led Chris to camp. Although Chris and I do have a, Nathan, if you're listening, we do have a 25-year-old bone to pick, which is that somehow you <laughs> claimed Chris's referral fee and I didn't, even though I'm the one that talked him into working at camp. So nice job. You owe me 250 bucks. Although I think it was, I think it was like a hundred dollars back then. Yeah. This is the evidence though. Cause I'm, I'm clearly yes. giving you the, the credit for it. So I, we got there late at night and the first person that we met standing up in the like old compound before they built the new administration building was Sam Entwistle. So there's that. So look, my <laughs> first night at camp, I see oh, yeah. Sam, who everyone out there listening who knows Trip Lake will know. And how do I so start my experience that. at camp? By, by Sam asking me whether or not I enjoyed 
the Star Wars movie, The Phantom Menace. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, so here I am. And then I met Caro, Caro Fowler, who ran our uh, Rocks, Ropes, and Outdoor Living program for years. And Amanda Stats, bless her and rest her soul, who worked in the office and in the theater and stuff. And those were the first three people I met. And then we went and laid down on a cot in a shed. And then the next day I was like, oh, I live in a postcard now. Uh, I don't know if if uh, Kevin came in after dark, but I also was brought in. But like mine was less horrific than both of yours because I at least had Luke and we were staying in the, the uh, administrative cabins for like where Mark and Steph lived for so many years. And so like we walked in, the lights were on. I could just lay my, my sleeping bag on a couch, you know, and I, I was greeted in the next morning by like the friendliest Canadian ever. So, yeah, like. Yeah, uh, sounds like you guys had a different start to camp than I did. So you just started, you started camp like right out of the gate, like sleeping <laughs> on a pile of clothes. Like you just started out like, you, know, you set the tone right away. And you're like, you know, this is going to be my experience moving forward. <laughs> yeah, I, I never stopped living out of that bag. Kevin is the golden boy who would have had the perfect entry. Like everything that Kevin did was about with like rainbows and sunshine. So we're talking about like arriving in the dead of night. And Kevin actually like slid into camp on a rainbow from yeah. and like landed in the middle of the soccer field surrounded by birds. I feel like that. I feel like Kevin actually got caught at the border by something though. <laughs> if I remember the story. So uh, maybe that's another year, but yeah, it's another story for another day. But uh, I do remember um, coming in and I was not in woods for yet. That happened my second year, my first summer at camp i was in woods two mm -hmm. uh with two bed bunk and uh, my bunk mate was a uh our very dear friendship and uh, i just remember coming in and meeting him and it was just one of those moments like i've never met this guy i had heard about him i heard some stories he sounded you know uh nice enough but i never met him before and so it's like you, you know you come in with your bags and stuff into this room with the two beds and this is going to be home for the next uh you know two to three months and uh i just remember meeting chip for the first time and you know it's like in my head i'm like wow i'm gonna be spending a lot of time with this guy i hope he's uh i hope he's uh you know good beans and sure enough he was and you know like i i remember that first night uh probably staying up till i don't know three four in the morning just chatting with him and you know to this day he's one of my best friends and um yeah i just love that you know you go into this whole situation this whole world of summer camp and i i know i do not know what to expect right and uh and that idea of like well i'm going to be sharing a bunk with one other person so i'm really hoping it's going to be a good uh uh, arrangement and oh yeah sure enough it it totally was and then uh the next summer moving into woods four it just you know expand that whole uh work the the whole woods four world and state of being <laughs> you know we were a force pretty amazing people i i always i always say like uh if you i i think that camp was like my most sleep deprived like chunks of time oh. And I would always just say, like, you know, if you weren't sleep deprived at camp, you weren't, you weren't, uh, you, you may not have had the best experience. Like, you, you know, just staying up really late with people. Uh, it's like the one time where naps were like a must, like during rest hour. Uh, it was just, I couldn't do it now, but like, man, I just remember just always being like tired, but like in a good way, just because it was yeah. so worth it. 
I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Standard question number two, tell us about camp. We know that we all started at AAA camp in Maine, um, which was an eight week then, but is now a seven week all girls residential residential um, overnight sleepaway camp. Um, but when I say tell us about camp, what's what are the first things that come to mind for you guys about our camp? Laughter. Yeah, it's a funny place. It's a yeah, it's a place where like it, camp is is the state of mind, right? It's it's that point of joy where like you are just being as like open and like positive as you can be. And so like laughter is the first thing that comes out. Yeah. You know, uh everything you do is just like trying to be you know, like fun and enjoy each other's time. And yeah, you know, even when it gets dark and like you know, you're like, I'm so tired, I can't deal with this anymore. Uh somebody would come in and like do something, you just bust out and be like, Oh, it's fine. We'll we'll, we'll get through this thing. Yeah. You know? But yeah, laughter is always the thing I think about for a cam. Not to mention that it's the only place on earth where I have, have ever lived in a circumstance where you may be spontaneously hugged 12 to 14 times a day. So. Yeah, I, I think my, my go-to word for camp was love. And um, uh, um, maybe a sense of authenticity. And I, I kind of felt like, I remember the time that I would be at camp I kind of, in a lot of ways, felt like I was the truest version of myself. Um, mm -hmm. In a way, like, you know, um, I kind of mentioned like that first summer I was kind of running the, the camp newspaper. Um, and then every uh, summer after that, I was running the canoe and kayak department. And so that was like a big passion of mine. The outdoors, um, being on the water. Like here I was in this situation where you know, number one, I'm getting to do something I really love. I'm getting paid to do it. Um, so there was like the, the, the fun of what I was doing, <laughs> you know, was getting to get paid to do a passion of yours is, uh, you know, kind of the ideal situation. Um, there was the, um, the love from all of these friends, you know, I'm getting to explore, um, and kind of celebrate whatever it is like the the music I like or the the movies I like and and all of these friends of mine share all of these passions and it's like wow like there's other people out there who really resonate with the stuff that resonates with me and um there was you know for sure like you know working with the children and um just that whole aspect the fun that they bring to every day you're getting to know these kids and you know, learn more about their passions and how you can contribute to that. And I, I just, I kind of really, I felt for the first time really when I was working there that, yeah, I, I could kind of truly be myself. And I was just accepted by everybody, everybody uh, for who I was. And that meant a lot to me and kind of helped push me in the direction that I, I would have gone in. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, uh, just, you guys said a lot that I would have said as well, but just like the the sincere community that existed there, uh, you know, it, it was, a, we always joke about like the bubble, you know, camp is the bubble. Uh, I think at one point you said, love the bub, you know, love the bubble. And it truly is a, a place where uh, it's different from like anything, any other sort of like 
tight communities like colleges, you know, college, uh, colleges can be, or um, small towns in the sense that like, you know, you have all these different people thrown together from different, you know, different parts of the country. And then you're, you're sort of uh, tucked away and isolated and in a way that makes you lean on, lean in on each other. Like, Hey, we have this common goal or we we're trying to get something accomplished. Like you have no one else but the people around you in order to uh, accomplish that. Um, and e even in the early days, I, I remember I used to like my phone when I had a cell phone, this is pre but like I, I just didn't get service at Poland, Maine. Like it just, there was no service. So I would literally tell all my friends and family, I'll see you in uh, eight weeks. Like I'm just gonna like <laughs> go off the grid. And I remember there was that small computer room with like two computers and I had no no desire to get on them like i was just like no i'm i'm good like i all my fulfillment are are with the people i'm with right now i don't need to look outside of this for anything and so right. uh that community was so important to me and uh it, it just you walked around anywhere on campus and someone would say hi to you like you can take like 20 steps hi hi hello I mean, it, it was really just heartwarming and wonderful. And, you know, you'd reciprocate it. And it was all about finding human connection. I mean, that's all you, you got up from the day you woke up to the day you put your head down. It's just about finding human connection in the yeah. most genuine sense. And like that, I think nowadays is harder and harder to get to. It's harder to find that because of uh, all the sort of digital distractions and mediation that we, we, we you know, that kind of uh, sort of muddy up the water, so to speak. But um that was like my favorite thing one of my favorite things about camp was just like it was hard to walk away from 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 all of that it was just so loving and and caring and like yeah i'm not gonna like you didn't get along with everyone but the people that you did it was intense and it was uh sincere and uh, it was shared in it, and, and I think it fed into everything you guys talked about—the love and the laughter and 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 all that. So um, I miss that. I have yet to ever replicate what we what happened what happened at AAA camp anywhere else. And a part of me used to be sad about that, but then another part of me like, but that's what made it so special. That's why it's so unique. You can't replace it. It's so true. You're going this like that that whole bubble. It's it's such a shared experience, and be, even though everybody's coming from a different corner of the world and a different set of mm -hmm. um, experiences and expectations and, and everyone's so different, but yet you're thrown into this, this microcosm, this world together. And it's such a shared experience. And but you're, you're like main, you're like mainlining like joy every day. Like you're just like, yeah. you know, from the moment you like, there was, never a, a, a like every time I woke up I knew it was going to be great like I knew whatever I poured into the day I was gonna it was gonna come back tenfold you know that's why mm -hmm. we did Ock Knock that's why I I used to stay up till one in the one in the morning working on the TLC times or, or working on the film festival because I knew it would you're lifting these kids voices up and you're you're, you're saying I care and in, in, in return they know that and then they show that care and that love back you know and I right. think when you spend like seven or eight weeks, just like joy, joy, like experience, passion, love, that's when, when you leave, you're just like, it's just, it's like 
withdrawal you know that camp withdrawal and and then it's the only job i've ever dreamt about for a week and a half after i've left it like you know like i leave and i have camp dreams for a week and a half i've I, i've never had that with any other job in my life where i like i dream about it in a positive right. way so i would like to point out that over the course of answering the question tell us about your camp you all <laughs> essentially answered that the best thing about camp was live <laughs> laugh love <laughs> how dare you hey, I, I'm, I'm how gonna, i should put that on. i should put, i'm gonna put that on vinyl stickers and put that on etsy i think i'm gonna make it i know I, th- I feel like we're onto something there <laughs> um you know I, what you guys like all kidding aside i was a little worried after having steph as guest number one and steph being you know one of the most articulate and intelligent people that i know that it'd be hard to follow this but you guys are hitting out of the park so good job on that wow thanks eric so guys, um, I, you've you've given us little indications and tidbits of um, your responsibilities and your jobs and things like that. But tell us what your role at camp was, Chris. I'm trying to think about what was in my role. Uh, right. That's the thing about being a camp counselor. It's like, yeah, you know, I, I you know I taught you know in several like art shops, uh, but you know you're also. Uh, on you know night duty you're also an Ocknock host you're also uh, a former member of uh, the main boy band sensation uh, <laughs> counselors looking tough uh, you know <laughs> uh, you're also you know close friends you're also uh, you know uh, uh, role models I mean you just wear all these hats that it's like I think that was like the biggest misnomer is like if you come into camp and you're like assigned like hey you're the basketball counselor and you go in thinking, all I'm going to be is the basketball counselor, you're in for a rude awakening because you're, that's not, that's one of like a multitude of hats you're going to wear uh, as that role. You know, you're, we're, they should really describe, you're like the Swiss army knife of like humanity. At, that's at a good way to and put you, it. And you need to really kind of be flexible because you walk in going, I'm only going to do ropes and rocks. Uh, you're not going to survive there. Like it's there, just that's a that. sticky situation we get into now, which is kind of a red yeah. flag is, you know, sometimes we'll hire someone and they'll say, oh, I didn't know that was my job or I don't feel like that's my job. It's like, man, mm-hmm. we're just here to make camp happen. Everything's your job. Yeah. Yeah. And and the moment you start like putting the J word on it, like job, you know, it does start to put it in a category of um, it puts it in through a lens that I think is might possibly be detrimental. You know, if you start to think about like, uh maybe look at it as a role rather than a job you know if you have that mindset of like this is my role and it's for the benefit of these these kids having a really wonderful experience uh and you put them first then i think you can roll with it but yeah if you're like well that's not my job then you're like oh red flag Kev, mm-hmm. what were your roles at camp and i'm not talking about peter pan <laughs> <laughs> that raises a good point you know it's like 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 i said like the first time uh, i ran <laughs> I was Peter Pan. I was Peter Pan, everyone. Um, yeah. So the the first you know, like there were the the like the main role like oh if people ask me like well what did what did you do at camp? Um, yeah, my first summer I, I ran the camp newspaper, and then the rest of my summers I was running the canoe and kayak department. And like Chris said, that was just kind of one hat I wore. Um you know, like I was, I was planning all of these, um, out trips that would go throughout kind of the new England area and, 
you know, with a lot of risk management. So it's like uh, out trip planning, risk management, administration. Um, I was running the canoe kayak department. So there's, uh, you know, an element of leadership and mentorship um, role that I had with the rest of my team um, going through evaluations, um, training, uh, like there was that kind of element to the role. Um, but, <laughs> and that was like kind of one part of that whole, um, time spent out there. Cause yeah, like the rest of the time you're, you're <laughs> doing, uh, talent shows and, or there's a giant hide and seek and, um, or going to a, a water park or mini golf or chaperoning a social dance you know? <laughs> that was a role i never truly <laughs> loved worst role ever or chaperoning the dances oh my god um the the night duty um you know hauling the duffel bags on arrival day and departure day and um like <laughs> no two days were ever the same and uh i i was just getting to like i don't know that 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 sense of connecting with others that was kind of the main role i had and in, in a number of different ways and um yeah if i was to kind of sum it up what was my role it was, it was just about connecting with people i guess nice bill uh okay on the contract, it was uh, <laughs> photo chemistry. Uh, I was also a, a land sports rover. That one is amazing. Um, you played kickball like a whole summer. Oh yeah, yeah, loved it. I was I was like living my my uh, teenage fantasy of being like the best athlete on the field, and you know, like <laughs> it was just because I was playing with eight year old girls. But you know, like don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then like. I did a lot of like van driving. I remember, you know, like I'd get a call. It'd be like 10 PM. Nancy McCann would be like, Bill, I need you to drive up to, to Mount Katahdin. We have a sick camper. While you do it, could you take this camper as well? Because they're not sick anymore and they want to join their age group. Yeah. I remember driving the three hours up, dropping off one camper, picking up the other, coming back. And then getting the call when I got to Mechanic Falls, Bill, could you go back? We got to pick up a different camper who's now also sick. We're going to pick up the the second camper at the the ice cream parlor, and then uh, yeah. So I, I did six hours of driving, got back at four a.m. one morning, and like, you know, it's one of those just like this is just how you do camp, yeah, uh, you know, and then all the other stuff, right? It's like you're you're schlepping things back and forth i remember driving tractors to move move like big stuff around all the time you know and like just the the stuff you do heck one year i was the the uh, trip leader course uh instructor <laughs> right <Sorry. laughs> i love it i love it whatever, like, whatever needs like, done right like, hey bill do you like camping a camp person not really could you teach this this course about how to be responsible on a camping trip? Sure. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, you know, uh, give me the give me the material. <laughs> yeah, but that that was it. It's like the stuff like that was was that that and like I ran a full black and white dark room. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. At one point, I helped them redesign the whole thing because it was a death trap. Yeah. Well, not not, not death trap, but like it would have been hard to get out of it. Had <laughs> it was something less happen. than ideal. Yeah. On the third. That's the professional way to say it, Bill, is less than ideal, not death. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you guys wanted honesty. I don't know who designed that building before you guys adjusted it because it's it's being cleaned up again. But the everybody wants a dark room with an exterior door that opens to broad daylight. Like, that's a great idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Make sure you knock before you come in. Hey, yeah. that's an activity. Everybody tell me your favorite activities at camp. Lacrosse. Cool. No, that was a lie. Wait, um, <laughs> you know who runs our lacrosse program now? Actually, she was head of land sports, co-head of land sports last summer. We all taught her when she was like eight, nine, ten years old. But Taylor Mullins, the head of our land sports division now. Shout oh. out to Taylor. Oh. It's That's funny you say that, and all I can think about is a sixteen-year-old uh, girl running, <laughs> running, yeah, <laughs> running that department because, like, I've never seen her grow up. <laughs> right, they will forever. Uh, she will greatly enjoy that reaction. Yeah. Well, Kev, what uh, was one of your favorites? Waterfront? Because you're down there? What's up? Mothers? Yep. Come on. Dish. It was so hot summer. Uh, I loved, you know, like, it'd be, <laughs> I remember the, the funny thing was, like. Um, Peter Pan? Was it being Peter Pan? Oh, that was Jesus, your favorite thing. Pan. <laughs> Definitely a highlight. Um, but uh, I remember the summers would get so hot. Right? How and, hot like, was it? Oh, it was so hot. But I just remember like having to walk down the hill to the waterfront, to the beach, past the uh, the tennis courts. And those tennis counselors, <laughs> they're dreading the day ahead. It's going to be so hot. And they're spending the entire day on these, you know, roasting uh, on the tennis courts. And I'm like, you know, got a little skip in my step because I'm on my way down to the water. <laughs> it's so a spring shot of camp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love that I don't have their activity. That's what that have a great day out there cooking on the courts. I'm gonna be hanging out. <laughs> See, I get to do that now because it's it's hotter now, you know. But um as I walk down to the art building now, I walk into air conditioning, which is you know a right. lovely little thing to have in our new building. But yes. yeah, now I walk past the activity counselors. I'm like, oh, you guys have a great day out there. As I go into my shop and don't come out. That's the only way I got kids to do photography was that I had air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Right. That was a cell. <laughs> We've all got it now. And fine arts is still very popular. So I'm going to say oh. fine arts, you know. But... I think though, sorry, I was just going to add on to that. I think my favorite, like, um, favorite activity uh, that I got to do was running those like, um, canoeing out trips so you know we'd like load up all the canoes on a trailer we get all the kids all our camping gear we load into these vans and we drive out to new hampshire or wherever and we set up camp and we're you know it's it's just the whole like um campfire and tents and making these dinners and sleeping under the stars and you know um i remember we'd like throw on pfds and just float down the river as a group and then like get out and as, i just remember like going through that with you know a handful of other counselors and these children and just having like i remember like lying on my back on the grass with this group of like 20 people and we're looking up at the stars and at the middle in the middle of the night talking about 
you know, those like, what does it all mean kind of conversations and like, like when, when is this ever, how, you know, like the, the idea that that moment um, is happening, like, you know, for me, it's like, what, when else would that ever happen? I have a really similar memory from um, the old photo trip before they readjusted the way Camden Hills State Park lays out. There would pass the group sites. There was that hill that went down to the ocean and you could go out there and there was zero light pollution and you could see everything in the sky. And yeah. yeah, I would definitely say that one of my favorite roles I played at camp was to be a trip leader. That was the kind of stuff you couldn't plan for. I right. remember one year they sent me on the uh, the whitewater rafting with like, must've been like the inner threes or one of those ones. And it was like one of those heavy rain summers. So the the river itself was just over overflowed. It was just running fast. So like the whitewater rafting was actually boring. And so halfway through the the river guy was like, you know, they can swim. It might be more fun than this. So I remember <laughs> just like looking at the kids, they were just like kind of holding the paddles. So I just grabbed the PFD of, of the the first one in front of me, just threw her out of the boat. <laughs> and to the next one I was like, you ready to go swimming? Like, huh? in the water <laughs> yeah and then the rest of them like figured it out and they just all jumped in like yeah having that that's one of those fun ones but but like triplet trip leading was always fun yeah mm -hmm. chris did you have a favorite activity at campus yeah i was thinking about it, it gave me a lot of think time while you guys were babbling on uh, <laughs> uh gold johnson gold <laughs> i was thinking i had all the you know i, I had I, I had experiences on all the a lot of different art shops. I would say that, like, I think doing TLC Times was uh, my favorite. Um, I don't know why. I think I grew a lot as I think a lot of what I did in that class informed me later as a teacher. Um, but uh, I think I really enjoyed the one on one aspect of that. Um, and I just really love coming up with new ideas and seeing where the kids are going to run with it uh creatively and i i also knew it was like one of the hardest shops to sell because you have kids and you're trying to convince them to write at camp <laughs> yeah wouldn't you like, like talk about assignment right now you could do it and so that i to, to know that there are times when i got like devoted campers who came and like were like you know hardcore about writing that kids walked away enjoying it and reading it later was just like the biggest accomplishment for me as as like as a counselor but beyond that be outside of the art art chance, Chris, i would say weren't you the one that launched the career of the fiery underground <laughs> yes that was me that was me we want to keep that on the underground though both uh <laughs> but this the second thing that i absolutely loved outside of like uh th that outside the art shops was anything and everything that happened in uh the theater that was just like when it mm. came to us like hosting uh I, that was some of my my favorite core memories is when uh we all got to host uh you know the the counselor play uh but i just loved watching the kids perform uh and in their age groups and their plays because they're that the, it was like camp was like built for this it was like so many kids taking at risks and trying different things and and uh being again back to that community like being supported like you know like i remember right. there were a couple of times during like even the, the the kids uh uh talent show where like a, a kid would get flummoxed and like freeze up and then you would just hear the kids go 
you got this, you got this. Yeah, and like support yeah. them. And then they would work through it and they get through it. And like, to me, that was just like the most touching thing in the world is like, here you have a group of kids that aren't here to ridicule you, but rather support you and, right. and, and recognize that you're trying something outside of your comfort zone. And it was just like those beautiful moments sitting up on the rafters and just like, it, it was just wonderful. It, the, yeah. the, the theater was just one of my favorite places. I love, okay, two things before we move on. I love how what you guys are describing from your years still rings true. So that means that things are going good. Shout out to everybody who makes that happen. <laughs> Second thing, I love that what you're illustrating proves the, like the swinging pendulum of variables at camp. Meaning that there are so many high energy, like go crazy, like burn activity, be athletic, be um, intense activities that can swing right back into I'm going to go sit down. I'm going to be creative. I'm going to use my brain. I'm going to use my heart. I'm going to use my mind. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the fact that the kids can do all of that every day at camp is great. And uh -huh. I, I just wanted to connect that. And thank you guys for being so complete. I've edited uh, question number five, since I started the podcast, it used to say, what's a typical get day at camp. And then I was nice enough to be reminded that there aren't really a lot of typical days at camp, <laughs> but so you got a lot of good me, ones. Yeah. Tell me what makes a good day at camp. Like what's a good day at camp look like to you guys? At least three cookies. <laughs> it starts off. It, a good day starts off with Eric's alarm going off and him not getting up. <laughs> and me ignoring it for an extra time. And, and him ignoring it, hitting snooze and us all getting up. And then I, Eric, ironically, being the guy still in bed. <laughs> to breakfast. What's funny is I'm and, such a morning person now. I guess it, a lot can happen in 25 years. I'll add this too, real quick, because uh, I know you said rapid fire. Uh, I don't know if I the the thing I had always carried forward to with all the music and us getting up as a group was I remember I'd go to the dining hall and those kids would be dragging their butts into the dining <laughs> hall, dining hall. And I remember I would make a concerted effort to be to be the morning person to be like, hey, how are you guys doing? Like I, I was realizing that I was helping them set the tone for that day. So if I come in dragging or negative, it's going to set the tone for them. And right. so I'd always be like, hey, how y'all doing? And like, maybe, you know, it's it was fun to needle the kids that were like, definitely not morning people. But <laughs> by the end of that meal, they were in good spirits, you know? And I feel like that was like my job was to set the tone for them. Uh, and I knew I had that influence. And so for me, and by doing that, it reciprocated to myself. And then I was always in a good mood. So I, I think to answer your question, Eric, is like those first kind of couple hours when you wake up kind of just did everything for me. It was just like, it set the tone and then everything like cascaded from there. And no rain. It's hard to have it yeah. rain when you live outside. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We all, we've already established that we all live together in a cabin in the woods in Maine for multiple summers, but what other kind of places did you guys live in at camp? We've all lived in a trailer at camp, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Free, well, Chris, you wouldn't live with me in the trailer. You just came there and made no. smoothies. Yes, that was yeah. what I did. I was like your creamer. I would just come in and just... But you lived in the main house, which is kind of excellent. Like, and the only yeah. one of us that did that. Yeah, and I lived on the the second floor with Bill. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, Bill did that too. Yeah, Bill and I lived together for a while. Um, and then, yeah, I moved. I, and then I lived with you, Eric. I think I lived in like three three places total. I would say starting off living at camp in what's equivalent to a shed. Granted, Woods 4, no disrespect, it's a really nice shed. 
and the guys who live there, shout out to Current Woods for residents. They've uh, they've kept up the tradition. But nice. uh, having a little house by the lake, just slightly removed from camp, is a game changer. That's a whole other experience. The bubble within the bubble. Can I ask a question? Is the uh, picture of Joe Lupo still up on the wall where it says, in loving memory of? I think so, yeah. Think <laughs> no one wants it? In no the, the last 20 years, they haven't taken down really any of our decor. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Is God, I would love Did to the see parachute that make part. it. The parachute, I think, got um animal infested and then had to be taken down. Oh god. Uh, yeah, it got like gnawed through by some aggressive squirrels. <laughs> if friends were seeing at camp, tell me about your experience with that. Are you talking about all the time I spent with, with Doug and uh there wasn't a, a golf cart that was safe? Yeah, there was not a golf cart that was safe. Because that wasn't no. me. Were any of you there still the night that we, the entire woods, camped out in Nancy McCann's yard? Like we set up tents and made a tent city in her yard? No. no. That was fun. That was awesome. My, my, um, I think my first prank I was ever privy to was um, the night that they, golf cart, uh, again, the golf cart was put on the, so somebody walked in the, the, it was like the floating dock that you could swim out to and jump off of, right? Um, that was, you know, however many yards from the shore and they w pulled up the anchors pulled it into the shore put the golf cart on it and then moved it back out into the water and in the morning <laughs> it's like the golf cart is sitting out in the lake on top of the swim dock and that was that was a really impressive one i remember that one yeah because <laughs> someone would have had to in the dark of night gone out swam to the bottom of the lake unhooked the anchor and then pulled it in and then reattached all that all in pitch darkness yeah Oh, we know nice. that. And then we don't have to wrap people out, but you know, move it back out into the water with a golf cart on it. Like, yeah, that was that was really impressive. I love that one. <laughs> Anything to I add, never, Chris? I never actually. I don't think I ever involved myself in any pranks uh, personally. But I remember there was the one where a group of people took a big tree branch and like shoved it in an Anjan gym, and they like shoved it in a way that it couldn't get pulled back out. So they uh, was it like. <laughs> The maintenance staff had to come in with a chainsaw and like cut it up and then to get it out of the building. That's that one of those line funny. crossers. It's like once it starts <laughs> to affect people's work day, <laughs> like that's a problem. But I've always enjoyed the ones that were sort of. If I like, knew who did it, I would apologize with the for them now because <laughs> they felt bad. If I knew who did it, we'll pass the word along to Tom and Richard. Um, I feel like there was also like the rocks and rope staff. Anyway, yeah. um, there was plenty of that. Remember when all the kayaks got oh, hoisted up oh, into the tree? Yes. It was like, yes. like a giant bunch I, I, of bananas in the top of a pine tree. I was audience to a lot of pranks, but I don't think I ever uh, participated. Like I said, I was really tired. I, I, I was probably never. <laughs> you were busy living, laughing it. and loving. <laughs> yes. Yes. In that right. order. One I ever, I ever came across was there was a, a group of guys actually trying to capture a skunk to put inside like a bunk. Not good. <laughs> And it was and just one of these guys staff bunk. with, yeah, staff bunk. <laughs> it would it would have gone to a woods bunk, but it was just like a bunch of people with like a bag, trying to do this and like realizing that they're trying to get too close to a skunk, and hearing them squeal, just like little kids, like hee. They never confused the thing, but <laughs> yeah, you're like, what are you guys doing? Like trying to capture a skunk is like, why? Leave <laughs> that thing alone. Uh, quick answer. What was your worst camp memory? Oh, worst? Yeah. 
I don't know if it's I have. Oh, <laughs> like sweet. I, the worst, the worst that camp ever got was departure day. That was exactly mm-hmm. Steph and I's answer last week. Like that yeah. was just the most um, emotionally draining um, time to go through. Like I, I yeah, it was it was awful (laughs) having to say bye to people um knowing you know you may or may not be back next summer and uh this could be the last time you see people and um that was always the hardest most difficult um quote worst (laughs) memory of camp i yeah i i i think it is departure day and i think departure day and then the 48 hours before departure day when um you see the the oldest girls sort of realize that they're never, this is it. This is, this is the end of this. Like they will never be in this scenario. Again, this unique scenario that we've been talking about will never happen again. And to be a child and have to like accept that and process that um, for, as an adult watching their heartbreak and um, they're just like pure, like, uh emotion is just so troubling because you these are kids that you know campers that we we truly cared about you know and to see them go through so much pain you want to be able to like help them or fix them or you know there's that need to want to like help them but you just know that this is this is how it has to be you know when you love something so much what is it like that uh nick cave says he's like you know, the, me- the measurement of loss is reciprocated from the measurement of love. So the more you, you something hurts to let it go means you loved it more. Um, and so in a way, that's like how I took a sort of po- not a positive spin. The silver lining was like, well, it's because you love this place so much, you know. Um, yeah. So that loss is just evidence of that. So um, but, you know, a 16 year old is going to be like, yeah, but I just hurt. You know, they're not going to be like, yeah, that's a really. Thanks for the perspective. That doesn't make me feel better right now. <laughs> but watching them go through so much pain, that was just so difficult. So, so difficult. Yeah. I. It's funny. Like, those those don't weigh heavy on me because, like, the human condition is just a wonderful thing. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, people being sad, people... It's just another piece of it. You know, it's yeah. cool that camp is three-dimensional in that way where like you go through the whole range you know extreme joy you know like hard sadness you know but like it's safe and it's wonderful and it's a good place for that to happen right and like like my personal like loss of of friends and whatnot that's on me yeah yeah and so but like the worst memory i have at camp is not when i was at camp and it was, I actually recommended uh, a former student of mine to be a counselor there. And he was a horrible flame. <laughs> like he was like, I had Nancy McCann calling me being like, I'm worried about this person. Mm. And that was horrible. Yeah, Because terrible. like I sent someone to the camp that ended up being a bit of a liability and like right. armed that. And that that hurt more than anything, because that that felt like I had done like, like I I felt betrayed because I didn't know that kid was in that state, but like to just be like, oh, I put camp in that situation, and like there's a chance that that affected people's summer, 
Oh, that was horrible. Mm. Give me some of your best camp memories. So, like, I've been, I pulled out my old uh, album of stuff I was making pictures of back in those years. And I just found one of one of the first photo trips I ran. And it's, you know, like literally a group of, of the campers with the old uh, Pentaxes around their necks. Pretty sure we still have those. They, they couldn't have been more bored in their lives. <laughs> but like, it was that thing where like, and this is a Chip Van Dykeism, um, you know, like boredom is that wonderful luxury, you know, because like to, to be in the world enough that like you see nothing that's truly stimulating nowadays, like who gets that anymore? You know, like your phone's always going off, all that. Like these kids literally had to be like present with the moment, present with themselves. And yeah, it, one of my favorite things ever was like those trips and those times of just being like together, but not having to, you know, like, you know, your, your goal was a little bit broader than just like accomplish this thing. I remember doing like a swim across the lake in the morning. That was like a really special, it was like an annual thing where, uh, you know, any of the waterfront crew, we would hop in canoes and kayaks and the kids would be, it was like an early morning, whoever wanted to do it. Um, I can't remember what they like, you know, left a sock on the end of their bed or something like that, like if they wanted to do it. And it's just such a like special thing for the kids to go through and swim across the lake and back. And, you know, the sun is just coming up and the lake is so calm. And, and it was just such a, you know, special, magical moment to be a part of. And I just felt so... Um, grateful to be a part of it i mean that was always a favorite memory cookie line was always so exciting you know and handing all the cookies uh um if we ever had like a lightning storm come over and we had to like if you didn't have to run an activity with the kids and you got to just go back to your bunk and ride it out with the rain something we'd throw on a movie or something and in, in the bunk and um end of the day was always great because you know it was, it was kind of us and woods four kind of coming back together and you know, staying up till all hours of the night, just uh, having fun. And uh, yeah, I, there's the list. I, I don't know. <laughs> the list would go on and on and on. And yeah, on. that could, that could be a, you know, mega season in its own right. Um, yeah. One of my favorite camp memories looped me back to already proving Chris wrong on one of his answers, which is always, <laughs> which is always a pleasure for me, but <laughs> Chris, I can think of one prank in particular that you did engage in because the night of my 30th birthday, you guys took all my stuff out of the bunk. <laughs> That's right. And like you sent me on a scavenger hunt to find like all my worldly possessions. And I was running all around camp only to find my room set up exactly as it existed inside of Woods 4 on the stage in OTW right. in the theater with a spotlight like shining down on it. And I remember that visual as such a hilarious and like heartwarming thing but yeah oh i think we we pranked bill too with like right having nancy say write a note say see me or something like oh. that and we had nancy sign it we put it on bills and <laughs> was it you bill and you were like sweating it you're like what's going on i don't know what's, what's happening was it you bill that we did that too or was it someone else well, I, I remember we freaked out it me yeah but yeah, I think that Bill just... had plenty of things to sweat, so he could have been like, "Oh, <laughs> what could this?" There's be? a lot of hand wringing and like, yeah, worrying. I, uh, I worked in a dark room with with sixteen year old kids. Like, I was swinging my a hands death in trap. Yeah, you know? a death trap. Yeah. Um, I, uh, real quick, can I can I say my two things that oh, were please. that are my favorite? Uh, it's two twofold, and I'll make and it I got another thing, Chris. 
Uh, one of them is any opportunity I had to be creatively collaborative with anyone at camp. So that meant like, Kev, you know, when we would uh, would have like impromptu jam sessions and like, I, I still remember James Rice singing yeah. and we just playing weird songs. So like we were, we were all ourselves James and the Giant Peaches. Yeah, James and the Giant Peaches. <laughs> uh, but everything from that to, you know, uh Spending late nights writing uh, our Aknok host opening and closing, uh, you know, uh, the CLT thing is still something that is still dear to me. Like I still have a lot of fun memories with that, and 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 the silliness that 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 uh, came from that. But also like collaborating with students, or not students. Sorry, that's my teacher brain. But collaborating with campers, you know, in the art room. Um, but then the second thing that 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 I loved was actually seeing the kids creatively do something that they didn't think they could do and like mm. they had that breakthrough oh. and that moment of like mute like they're just surprised and like i did this you know um those moments are just some of my favorites and uh was one of the reasons why i became a teacher you know i i am a teacher because of camp you know it was i wanted that feeling to continue um and so those are like my two favorite moments that you know that happened with just some sort of creative output that was uh either by the students or with, you know, with you guys. We know that camp connects people. You guys have touched on that completely over the course of this. Anything else to add to that point? Yes. Can I, can I say something? Cause I know I'm not like on social media anymore. And I know there's probably going to be people listening to this who hear my, you know, hearing or seeing me for like, what I think it's been like eight years or eight or nine years. Um, I just want to say this. I just want to like address the people that might be listening to this, which is I want them to know that I think about them every single day. Like because I'm not on social media doesn't mean I've like uh, let go of, of anything that camp has ever done. It is in my DNA. And I think about all those campers. I think about you guys all the Sorry, that's my son. I think about all the people that have had such a strong influence and and I just want them to know that uh, you know I love them to death and that I, I hope our our paths cross again uh sometime soon because they're always going to be in my heart and and just trip like camp has just been so um transformative in my life and I wouldn't be the same person that's a beautiful answer I echo everything Chris just said not a day goes by where I don't think about that whole experience and how it changed my life and led me to where I am now. Um, it, yeah, it was probably the most uh, impactful experience I've ever gone through. Yeah. Um, the way that camp connects people, uh, th this has been something that has affected me pretty big because like through camp, I got my first teaching gig across the country. Yeah. You know? And like that just kind of like shot me forward into like what my career has been. Yeah. You know? It kind of like Chris, like, yeah, you know, meeting Marina and Lindsay Barnes. I ended up, you know, in Virginia teaching photography, you know, and like that's just been the through line since. Like I don't teach photography directly anymore, but it's taken me into graphic design. I'm doing like live event production teaching now. Uh, you know, uh, really kept me around schools camps like that whole thing yeah it's been amazing you know uh luke benton he was he was running a camp for a few years i went down and was their their camp photographer for a while 
Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. It was in Texas, so it was hotter in blazes. And uh, I'm glad he's not uh, running that camp anymore because I don't know that I can handle that anymore. Um, but, you know, but that says, and then like the friendships that I have, you know, like you guys are always the, the you know, other than food and, you know, like coffee, like the second thing in my mind every morning. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. You don't get number one up there with coffee. That's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's it. It's like, you know, it's uh, the the bonds. I mean, because you don't get to live in as intensely and like in such like specific mission with people as you, you do as like you're a camp counselor. Yeah. Yeah. And, like that, those eight weeks of like figuring out who people are and doing all that, like that's not experience you get to you get to have with others you know like would we have been friends outside of here absolutely would it have taken a little bit longer probably yeah it's yeah. the express path mm -hmm. exactly <laughs> what was the question again yeah there's a lot of them i don't care anymore i'm just, <laughs> I'm just um how, how camp connects people but then also what you miss most about camp and what camps taught you about yourself i'll say this and i'll keep it short uh two two things that uh then I really got to roll. But uh, what I was going to say was, uh, again, going back, like it's the uh, one of the things that I love is that time, you know, if you ever want to talk about time being relative, like go to camp for six, six or seven weeks and you feel like the intensity of those friendships, uh, someone that you know for seven weeks is like knowing someone for two years in, in, in real life, yeah. you know, because the intensity of like you're how many people are you around for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? And then, you know, you sleep in the same, it doesn't happen anywhere else, not even in college. But um, I just remember, like, you don't count days at camp as Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, outside of what, trip Tuesday, but like day one, day two, day three. And it really lets, lets you let go of those measuring sticks that we usually kind of place on everyday life. And I know you guys know this, and anyone who goes to camp knows that camp time is different from regular time. It expands. It becomes yeah. like you're at camp for like seven weeks, eight weeks. It feels like you're at camp for like three months in the best way possible. Um, so that intensity is just my favorite thing about it. Just like that, that, that the, the time expanse and just, you know, being around you guys all the time and being around those campers all the time. You just can't beat that. What do you guys miss when you're not at camp? The people. I think I think you know Chris, you know uh, jumping off of Chris's thing like that suspension of time and place. Um, I really miss. I miss the people. Like I, you know, I think with like the the best friends that I came out of camp with, um, it's definitely one of those things where it's like it's not the quantity of time we spend together. Like we we're kind of connecting in from time to time, and when we do, it's like not a day has gone by. Um, but I, you know, I miss, you know, being under a roof <laughs> with all of these incredible people who I consider my best friends. And, uh, you know, everybody uh, lives all over the place. So I, I miss being able to, yeah, just wake up and look over at some of my best friends in the world. You know what I mean? And <laughs> I miss that deeply. Um, and I'm so grateful that, you know, we're all still so super connected. And, you know, Eric, like your question about connection, like this is, you know, now over... 20 years since I worked at this camp, uh, pretty much when I started there anyway. And, and, uh, 
you know, like those connections still run very, very deep. Um, you know, I'm so grateful for that experience. How it's how camp changed my life. Um, it kind of opened my eyes to the idea of working with children, which I'd never really necessarily entertained mm-hmm. before. And I really loved it. And like, I, I remember coming away from camp, like that first summer thinking to myself, like, wow, that was a lot of fun, uh, you know, impacting and enriching children's lives. Um, how can I do this year round? And so at mm-hmm. that point, I started going to school to become an elementary school teacher uh, so that I could fall into that cycle of, you know, I'm going to be a teacher throughout the school year. And then summer comes and I go back to Maine and I'm doing the camp thing. And um, so I was in school working towards becoming a teacher. And at the same time, like I started uh, to build my resume uh, working in an out of school care program. Uh, at a community center. And from there, I kind of like really, you know, it kind of opened my eyes to the idea of working in community recreation. And, you know, again, like really in that sense of like camp being an environment where I can uh, help children explore their interests and passions, um, explore my own interests and passions uh, outside of kind of a, you know, curriculum based school environment. Like it was a very kind of loose organic natural way to engage with children and um and i really kind of jumped into that whole recreation thing and then over the years like worked into different you know supervisory roles and then this role and that role and kind of um so what do you love about camp kevin (laughs) (laughs) the answer is everything (laughs) you've got the job dude it's fine you got the job You know, I want to say something real quick before we run out of time. And that's, I love you, Kevin. In terms of that last question that I asked about what being a camp person has taught you about yourself, I was fortunate to grow up in a situation where the guys I grew up with have always been, I've always had a really solid, like, core group of friends. But growing up with those guys, it very quickly moved from friendship to brotherhood in the sense that that was a ride or die situation. Like they're locked in for good. And I was fortunate enough to have that support network from the guys I grew up with. But until I found you guys and found a adult male friendship that was emotionally based. And that was a shared experience where I was surrounded by people where I wasn't the weirdest guy in the room. I wasn't the odd man out. Like I didn't I'll know take that what, claim. Yeah, I didn't know what that kind of connectivity was. So to have friends like you guys who share the passion, the creativity, the, the that that side of the fire of life, mm-hmm. that was something that really, that was a real good education for me because I didn't know that that was there until, until, I, until I found you guys. I'll say this, and then I, I do got to run, but um, two things. One, all my greatest core memories from camp like the the weirdest ones the strangest ones the most I think you know I mean outside of obviously my child be born and being married and stuff like that but like I think my uh developmental years I think all my best core memories are when I in my my 20s at camp uh and then number two is I think my 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 measuring stick moving forward after I left camp was how can I put myself in a situation that comes close to that feeling like it's it's always like camp is this irreplaceable intense loving uh 
experience in my life, but how can I move the needle in my everyday to even get like one fifth of that feeling? And if I can do that, it's a win. And that's kind of been my guiding light. That's why I became a teacher. That's why I do all these things that I do. It's actually using camp and my experience as a measuring stick um, mm. to, to, to reach, you know, that, that level of satisfaction, passion, and, and happiness. So, yeah, it's, it's the thing that brought a base in for me on how to be a better mentor, not just to like, because like the, the solid male friendships, I've been on teams and, and whatnot. I've always had friends that were big to me, but like you guys brought in, you know, an ethos, you know, just a way to be creative, how to be caring, how to, you know, like truly be emotionally available for people. And then like, like also like you guys showed how to like have fun inside rules. You know, it's like, just because this is here doesn't mean we can't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Let's just live here. And like, it's made, it's made the difference, you know? Cause like when you live and work in places that have rule sets and whatnot, it's easy to get to a place where you get mired down by that. But like, instead, like, you know, like a good creative, you know, like person you go, no, these are my parameters. How do we maximize the enjoyment inside all this and get it all done? And like, you guys mm -hmm. taught me that, you know, just by being like, we got, we got 24 hours in this day. If we're, if we're sleeping more than four, like, what are we doing? Let's, you know, mm -hmm. right. we need, we need time to hang out. We need time to do this. And we need to make, you know, a, a cell-based animation in three days. <laughs> you got eight hours to make an entire animated short. Let's see what we can come up with. Yeah. That's right. No, no big deal. But, you know, but that's, it. it's like your guys' passion for being creative and for, you know, like showing your appreciation of people through your creativity. I mean, what a gift, you know, I was 22 and being like, I don't want to do with the world. I've got a camera. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Holy moly. I love you guys. And I thank you for being a part of this. Um, right now, somewhere Steph Greenwald is sitting and sobbing and listening to this. So we should give some <laughs> love to that because she's like, she's like gasp sobbing by the time we get to the end of this. And I live, laugh, love, live, laugh, I love. Hate you. We did that. <laughs> we we did that. It'll be four more years before you hear from me again, Johnson. Chris, Kevin, Bill, I can't thank you enough for being a part of this. What an awesome opportunity to share some old stories and remind ourselves about all these important things that we've shared. This has been an episode of Camp People. Thanks for tuning in. See you next Tuesday. Thank you.